Stephen and I'm... Oh, hello, Dave. Oh, look. I don't think much has yeah, happened since we caught up, has it? <laughs> look, I, I was actually thinking, Dave, that <laughs> since we last had a conversation like this, mm. there's there's a podcast that I think that will never see the light of day and probably for the best um, that would be like 18 months ago. <laughs> um, yeah, no, oh... Yeah, one of them did get buried, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the one, the, the one prior to this that has not come out, which probably never will. No, um, but because you know what, we're we're all in a better place now. We everything we, we, has changed. We don't need to dwell on that. No, we do not. Oh my god. So, 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 let's, let, let, let's run through this. Sure. You you no longer live in Queensland. Correct. So you you are subject to border restrictions just like the rest of us. Yes, some more than others. Um, and what? what oh, so <laughs> the boss who shall not be named is no longer your boss because obviously mm-hmm. now that you're no longer in Queensland, you don't have the same job. whole other job. I mean, Jesus is still my boss, but <laughs> we're talking about sort of a line of ascendancy, really. <laughs> um. Well, that, that exciting times. You know what the difference is in my life? Dave, what's paint. different in your life? <laughs> There's paint on the walls in my house. And listen, oh. li- listen, that might not sound like much. However, I can tell you that it took 17 years to get it there. <laughs> so I'm, I'm actually going to celebrate it just a little bit. Who picked the colours, Dave? Um, what, what, can I be honest? It was mm. a little bit by committee. It was a little bit mm-hmm. Rach and I going, uh, yeah, kind of like this, and partly our builder Justin going, <laughs> that's not going to work, and here's why. <laughs> and then coming yeah. back going, right, you pick one of these three, and us going, um, maybe that one. <laughs> and here we are. Mate, the thing that kills me, apart from there being, like, honestly, 11 team different colours in the known paint universe, um, you can then get them half strength, three-quarter strength, quarter strength, which changes the colour. Like, yeah. oh. So, again, <laughs> our, our uh, builder, after swearing that he wanted no part in mm. anything to do with colours because he said, you know, he's had just too many bad experiences of customers yes. going, oh, that's not what I thought it would be. He's just like, oh, no, don't do that, don't do that. But just out of desperation, he's like, I'm ready to put stuff on the walls. Oh. Bloody pick something. Yes. Yeah. It's, it, I've got to tell you, it is a very, very good thing that we live uh, three blocks from Bunnings because <laughs> there were a lot of trips. Oh, yeah. So, so yeah. So, the inside of our house actually now looks, I mean, it still looks like a 60-year-old house, but it now looks like a nice 60-year-old house instead of one that has been uh, assaulted by, you know, rampant toddlers and just left for dead so that's that's yeah that's slow progress well the beautiful thing is that now everybody in your house is old enough to appreciate it yeah yeah look we're getting there (laughs) (laughs) what else what else has changed oh tell what else has changed i no longer have a daughter really no our youngest child um 
is identifying as non-binary. So we're all getting used to uh, getting pronouns correct. Wow, what a journey that is going to be for you guys. It, it has, has been... Like uh, you all. It, it's been... Uh, uh, yeah, look, it, it was one of those things where... Uh, and and they've, they've changed their name as well, which mm-hmm. uh, it, it is also uh, having to undo... Yeah, fourteen, almost fifteen years of programming. Yeah, gosh. Um, yeah. So that that's been interesting. And are they like? Are they getting? Obviously, it, well, it sounds to me like the rest of the family are supportive. Are oh, they yeah. getting support in other places, like educational places? You would be amazed at how good the school has been. That's awesome. Like, um, in all the student records and stuff like that, they've uh, updated. Um, Corb's you know, preferred name, mm. and they, uh, you know, uh, and all of their teachers, and even the office ladies are using uh, wow. their preferred pronouns. Like I got a oh, got a call from the school the other day from the, one of the office ladies who you know uh, checked herself for you know, misusing pronouns, and it was mm. just like wow, uh, they've been incredibly supportive. It's been uh, amazing. Doug, like, can we just like sit in this for a second? Sure. Um, like, it's 2020, and that's been the most incredible, horrific, all of the words year for everybody. For us to get to a point where just in this case for your young person, that they are, like, comfortable enough and aware enough within themselves to have that conversation openly with their parents, not that you guys are ogres by any means, but that they're happy enough to have the conversation and then go public with it. And that it, it sounds like for the large part, it's, it's, I won't say a non-event, but that people are being very supportive and trying very hard to, to, you know, support them and be a part of that with them. That's bloody awesome. It is pretty cool. It is pretty cool. Um, Cause look, I wouldn't have put it like even five years ago that that would have been how it would have played out. No, and, and and you know what the most amazing thing, to be honest with you, Steve, is that um, Corb's never even been on Tumblr, so <laughs> <laughs> this is coming from an entirely, entirely different place. So that's good. Um, so. Thanks, Corbinati. <laughs> um, but no, it, it, look, it's it, it it's surprisingly. Um, in a lot of ways, just such a non-event, <laughs> which is which I think is you know, how it should be. It's good. It's, it's amazing and phenomenal and incredible and excellent. Like all of that is brilliant. Yeah. And uh, yeah, like I'm, I, I'm just, I, I don't, I, I don't want to labour it. I'm just, I'm fully stoked, like amazed in a good way that the school have been so into it and and like willing to come along for the ride. Yep. If you know what I mean. Oh, astonishing. Well, well. Uh, favorite story at the moment was that they're having to do like dance for PE. Mm. Great! And, and so the teacher um, yelled out, "Right, uh, boys on that side, girls on that side." So Corb just stood in the middle of the room, <laughs> just refused to go anywhere. <laughs> at which point the teacher's like, "Corb, can you please just, can you please just pick a side?" <laughs> so, yeah. So the, the teachers are taking it with fairly good humour as well, which is good. <laughs> That's so great. That's yeah. so great. So paint, uh, yes, paint and uh, and an acknowledgement in this household that uh, gender is a social construct. So there you go. 
I mean, it, that sounds like if that's all that 2020 is throwing at you, Dave, you guys got away pretty clean. Look, we have. We've got away. Well, again, how, 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 when I say, look, when I say painted, I'm really underselling what's <laughs> happened to our house because I know you've only had like a, you know, brief visits here, but so you probably didn't get to take in the enormity of this. But mm. uh, for every day of painting in this house, Mm. Uh, there was probably three to four days of preparation to <laughs> like th- th- it. It needed a lot of love before yep. you like. If we had it just painted, it would just look horrible and bumpy and weird. So uh, our poor Bill, Bill and Justin uh, basically became part of our COVID bubble at the start of the first lockdown. Oh, amazing. <laughs> so it's just like well, and, and so of course you know. Um, at the start, they didn't shut the schools down immediately, mm. so Rach was still teaching. Um, you know, I was still going out to work uh, regardless. Mm. And so, if anything, we were sort of a far, far bigger risk to Justin, our builder, than he was to us. So <laughs> we're just like, well, it's your call. Um, and uh, so, uh, I think it was like five weeks at the end of <laughs> to, to just like clean the place up and paint it. So it, yep. it, it's very nice. We're, we're all loving it. And he's coming back in January. Right. We haven't frightened him off yet. He's coming mm. back in January to do the exterior. Amazing. Yes. Oh, look, and in the meantime, we've had all sorts of other fun too. We've had... Uh, uh, <laughs> we, we, this is a 60-year-old house, and it still has most of its original electrical wiring. Oh, yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and that's... Look, it's been... This room has too much electricity, <laughs> and this room has none. So it's it kind a, of balances out. It's been a bit temperamental over the years. Um, <laughs> until a couple of weeks ago, it just finally uh, took its wrath out on a, on a safety switch at the switchboard oh, and just gosh. completely killed it. Yeah, when, so, you, when you go out to the, the, the board and you see a dint from the inside <laughs> in, in the lid and yeah. you lift it up and go, oh, that looks like the remains of a safety switch. And, and we knew it needed some work done. And we'd actually had a quote from... Um, the electrical people who put our new solar panels on, and mm. they're like, "Oh, like," and, and they're like, "Oh, yeah, look, it's that's not too bad." Anyway, after they came back and rectified this problem, oh. they're just like, "Actually, it's a lot worse than we thought because <laughs> a whole bunch of this stuff up in the ceiling we, that we thought had just been left there, we realise is still the live wiring, oh. <laughs> and it's all got to go." Oh. <laughs> like, oh. So, so that kind of tripled the price. Oh, whatever it's insulated in is likely to have perished pretty horrifically. <laughs> well, it, yeah, it's insulated. Oh. It's insulated in cotton. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Home and that's just slightly above paper in its inability. To... <laughs> only just. It is only just. Oh dear. Uh, so yeah, look, it's. Look, at least we have a goal, Steve. We have a goal. We're going to spend all of our money on this bloody house over the next... Like, it's been going on 12 months now, and it's it's just going to keep rolling, so... Well, it's just not like we're going anywhere for holidays, is it? No, that is indeed the case. I mean, we are... For the first time in uh, 15 years, we're paying rent again um because we well as a part of us moving dave we sold our house mm-hmm. yes. at like the 11th hour like at what one one millisecond to midnight 
Um, and look, in, in the, in the, let's just do the dot points for me. So I, I started my new job nearly, in fact, we're a week off a year ago. Um, mm. And I was working remotely through to the end of 2019. Um, in December, I got cellulitis and was rushed to hospital in an ambulance. Um, and then we sold the house on the 29th of December. Um, uh, and we moved on the 9th of January to New South Wales. <laughs> um, Heaps of time. Oh, like, yeah. it's It's so easy to get stuff done over Christmas, New Year. <laughs> you have those glorious public holidays just extend the, the you know, the, the time to get out of a contract so much. Um, settlements and all of those sorts of things. Um, my young family, my, my teenagers started at a new school uh, and a new church and living in their second ever house. Um, so they've only had, before we moved, they only had one school, one church, one house. And now they're on the second one of those. And one of them is in grade 10 and the other is in year eight. Um, my glorious wife did manage to secure work at the school the kids work at. So that's been incredible in itself. Uh, my work has continued to tick on and be incredibly COVID affected, um, which has meant less trips down the freeway from the Central Coast to Sydney than I thought I'd have, but that's starting to open up a little bit now. Um, uh, I, and we bought a block of land. So we're at the other end of where you are, in that we are currently working with our architect to turn boxes into spaces to then go cap in hand to a builder and say, please, sir, can you build this for $5? Look, at least you'll have the advantage of not having to live in a hovel in the middle of it trying to be fixed. <laughs> well, we, what we won't have to live with is cotton insulated electrical wire. No, no, that's right. <laughs> Amazingly enough, your, your, your house built in 2020, probably in 15 years from now, will still be fine. Whereas you know, mine in 15, well, you know, ours 15 years after we bought it was like, this is almost a death trap. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, well, we're hoping not to build one of those. No, um, yeah, I'd, I'd advise against it. In fact, uh, anything you can do to not make your house resemble um, an old single brick from the 1960s <laughs> is probably a really great idea. Yeah, now we're very working very hard for it to not be that. Oh, good. Um, that's a good plan. That's, that's great foresight. The the interesting thing for us, Dave, is the block of land, and, and we kind of knew from looking around that Central Coast house prices were Sydney house prices because mm-hmm. um, it's only a snifter short. Like, it, it's, you know, 40 minutes drive on the freeway once you get on the freeway down to the northern parts of Sydney. Um, and, you know, train line runs right through Gosford and heaps of people commute. So... There's lots of people who went, oh, we'll just you know, extend the real estate bubble up there. Um, so we knew that was going to be expensive. We, we somehow fell butt backwards into a block of land that is three times the block of land size that we had in Brisbane. Um, so that's good. Like, that's kind of crazy. Because um, now we've got large. all this space. Uh, there are some sizable trees on it. <laughs> that we have to sort of build around, but that's okay. That's the benefit of working with an architect and stuff. Um, and we we do also have a fifth person living in our house, Dave. 
Uh, I was going to ask Steve. Um, my glorious wife's mother-in-law has moved you, down you, to the Your wife's mother-in-law? <laughs> oh, sorry, my mother-in-law. Jesus. You know, let's, yeah, scratch that. I was, was going to say, your wife's mother-in-law is a whole other story, I'm going to oh, guess. You know, and we'll catch up on that too. Um, no, no, my, my wife's mother has moved in with us, and um, she's reasonably elderly, 82, 83, um, fiercely independent, and, and look, the place that we're renting is it's like it's massive like it's poorly designed but one of the biggest houses i've ever lived in the, the honestly the the master bedrooms you know room that we're in could could fit three king size beds in it <laughs> it's that big it is insane um, that, is, that is a very large room. We don't know what to do with it. There's just, I mean, I'm a big well, guy, I'm, but... I'm going to guess it was built by someone who enjoyed key parties. It was something. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Um, uh, like, it, it's fine, but there's no... Like, it's really badly designed. So we, because Grandma's independent and has been living by herself for the past, you know, gosh, five, six years, um, since her husband died, um... She values her privacy, and as does we, you know, Michelle, blah, blah, blah. But her, we, we've only been really able to allocate her a space as, like, her lounge room, and there's no walls that disconnect it from, like, it's not like we can go, okay, through that door is grandma's lounge room and there's her bedroom. She has a bedroom to herself, um, but there's no kind of living space that can just be hers that's away from the kitchen or anything else. There's no shower downstairs, so she has to climb the stairs once a day to have a shower, um, which is some days it's easier for her than others. Um, now, just is, those is, kinds of things. Is this the house that you first moved into when you went down there, the one that the the, the, the church found you? Yes. So right. this is technically yes. the manse, you know, the, the, the house they would provide to the minister um, when they come to, to this congregation. Um, the minister that's here lived in it for two years and got the hell out of Dodge. And, <laughs> and he's still working for the same congregation, but he bought his own house. And we can understand why. Um, we're not, please don't understand me. Please, like, misunderstanding me. We're, we're very grateful. We are paying rent. Um, it's not a freebie. Um, it's not the house we would have chosen to move into had we mm. had a choice. Uh, but it just kind of all neatly came together. Some would call it, you know, God's provision. Um, and that's been great. We can't wait to build our own house, Dave, um, <laughs> because it will mean that we get our own spaces and you know things working how we want. And even as recently as last week, we were designing a house that had a studio apartment built into it until we had, uh, I'm going to call it inspiration. The, mm-hmm. you know, the roof lifted off and the sun shone down on my wife's head. The angels started to sing. Um, our block is big enough for her mum to buy, like, a drop-in oh, granny flat, like nice. a completely little independent thing. Yep, that up the back. It, it, we can put a path. It can be 20 metres away. She can be over there. We're here. She keeps her independence. She can easily come over the house to, you know, borrow sugar or have dinner with us or whatever. Um, close enough that she's looked after and secure, if that makes sense. Um, but far enough away that that's her space and this is our space. That sounds like a very, very good outcome. It, it really will be once we now finalise the plans for our place uh, and we can start all of that process chuffing along. 
because um, nice. it was really starting to test our well our patience and how much we think the the bank might give us <laughs> to build to build this house and now they won't have to give us as much but it's still way more than I've ever borrowed in my life oh god yeah I, I, I don't envy you there Steve <laughs> no no I'm definitely working until I'm 73 right now <laughs> whereas you know I, I I can't have any career progression that might like lead me anywhere outside of East Aubrey because <laughs> I'm just like <laughs> I've never had a big mortgage and I don't think I could cope with one now <laughs> Oh, yeah, I hear. Oh dear. I mean, me. selling our place did help. I would have hoped so. I did assume that selling a house in Brisbane would not have been akin to simply, you know, handing over the keys to a stranger and wishing them well. Well, no, and, and particularly because we owned it for fifteen years, we had managed to pay off pretty much all of the interest, and we're starting to really chew into the capital. Um, so it meant that when we sold, we got some cash. That that really helped us you know, in buying the block of land and we've kept some money aside to go, right, so these are the things we know that we'll just buy ourselves mm-hmm. when it comes time to build. Plus, you know, you've got to pay for fences and landscaping and we want to put, you know, some form of solar something on the roof. I mean, we're even toying with um, Elon Musk's uh, solar roof idea. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, that kind of thing, we want to put... Um, some kind of battery on the wall and it doesn't have to be a tesla one we know that there's a mob in queensland that now make them um but you know that we want to do that kind of thing so we want to we're trying to be really smart with how we design it which guess what in 2020 still costs too much money <laughs> yeah there, there is that there is that indeed and and uh and of course because you know you have to meet all the the very useful mm. Um, environmental yes. regulations and energy efficiency regulations. Yes. Uh, it's not just like you can draw a, no. a rectangle, subdivide it into rooms and go, there it is. Can I put up a tent? i tell you that right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, the, the other portion of it, though, is that as much have you as... Thought, have you thought of living in shipping containers for a few years? <laughs> mate, well, it was one of our first plans when we said we've got a block of land. Can we build a shipping container house? Mm. And current architect went, oh, no, it's not that good and you won't get sort of whatever. Oh, I don't know. I'm still pretty keen on the idea. I do know that it will cost money. Like everything costs money, right? Yeah. Um, but it would be it would be fun to do that. Because um, here is the challenge for us. When we built our house in Brisbane, we were building it ostensibly as our forever house, knowing that we were going to have two kids at least in it and that we would they would grow up there, leave the nest, and at some point Michelle and I would downsize, um, but that this this was home. Mm-hmm. Now, we had, in the design, built in an extension that had we not moved, Dave, we would be living through that renovation. Um, <laughs> right, yes. And glory to God, I'm so <laughs> thankful we are not. Um, but in designing this place, we now have two teenagers. Mm-hmm. who, look, if I'm going to be frank, there's a 10-year shelf life on both of them living at home. You are, you are so much more generous than me. Because <laughs> <laughs> my teenagers are roughly the same age as yours, and, and I'm thinking there's like a four to five-year shelf life. I'm like, mm, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, no, you're, I am being generous. 
you had so much, you had so much nicer than me. I'm just, you're like, I'm like again on the upside, like I, Aubrey is a little bit cheaper place to rent than um, <laughs> than the Central Coast, so yes. it's not quite as cruel to kick your children out. Yeah, that's right. Go and live somewhere else. Change the Well, the challenge is that living on the Central Coast, it's really easy to go to uni in Sydney or even Newcastle and travel back to the Central Coast Mm -hmm. when classes are done. I mean, you can get, of course, heaps of student accommodation around all the unis, all of those sorts of things. And certainly, um, you know, oldest boy wants to go to uni. We're just trying to work out which one, because he's had to make all of those choices for classes for year 11 next year and that sort of stuff now. Um, so he's aiming at that, but he's toying with the idea of a gap year. Um, and we think that our young girl will want to go on and do the same thing as far as go to uni. Um, the challenge we have laid down to both of them, absolutely. If they are living at home and they are studying, they can do so rent free. If they have a job, there is no free ride. Um, so I don't know how long they will actually stay. Hmm. But I, I'm, you know, thinking generously, maybe they hang around for 10 years, right? Michelle and I don't need a four or five bedroom house, you know, in 2030. No. What and, the hell and, do we do? You can't well, inflate rooms. No. Look, see, this is part of the the the, uh, the funny thing with this place, because obviously, like, if we're, hey, you've been here. You, you, mm. You've seen, like, our, our bathroom... Uh, like the only bathroom in the house mm. is smaller than some people's showers mm-hmm. <laughs> in its entirety. It's, uh, it's very cautious in its use of space. It is, isn't it? <laughs> and so, yeah, like we're living through that with two teenagers, and it is sometimes a little bit controversial, causes <laughs> a little bit of conflict. Uh, I can't imagine why. But. You know, the thing is, though, like I said, like we're at this point of just going, yeah, this isn't forever. Like, and the mm. idea of actually, like, every single time I go, oh god, I wish we had an ensuite. I also <laughs> go, oh god, there's no way I could move. <laughs> like, that's, just, that's just that's just too much of a taxing idea for me. Mm. Um, well, you've got load bearing posters in your house, so <laughs> you need to <laughs> you need to be really careful what doesn't. <laughs> ever come down in your place we had to take would you, would you believe we so obviously to paint the walls every mm. piece of artwork and whatever came wow. down yeah. and most of it's been packed away and almost none of it has been put back up <sighs> controversial yeah like we're still like we've got some that we go we want that to go back up mm. but we just haven't got there yet yeah. and see and well yeah because in, in the uh, in the the lounge room we yeah, uh, we we got a new pr- a new piece of art this uh, uh, a print from right. a, from a gallery in Melbourne, um, which is gorgeous, but it's also massive. Like mm. I, I think um, with the frame size, it's sort of like one point eight meters wide and wow, you know, a, almost a meter high. Like it's it's big. It's a big big. Ooh, costly, yeah. big print, and it really do- it dominates the room, and it was supposed to, and it looks looks yeah. really fantastic. But once you've done that, you're sort of just like, I don't know if we can put any of this other shit back up. No, <laughs> that's, that's kind of owning that space, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. It's got like, oh, well, yeah, yeah this. Uh, and also, this this, bu- this this Buffy picture doesn't look quite as impressive as it used to. <laughs> but also, you've got these fresh 
you know, kind of clean slate walls now that you go, actually, I'm kind of enjoying seeing paint on the wall. And it's it's a very, very weird and different experience. And, of course, it was really weird, like, living through the whole change, of course. because oh, can imagine. Because every weekend would be um, clear out one room mm. so that Justin could spend the week fixing that up. And yes. then the following weekend would be moving that one back in and moving oh, the next one out. Oh. And so we were just trudging stuff back and forth. Uh, and there was some space that was just too full of stuff because the, that's where that became the dumping ground, right? Oh well, the the the, hut, the shed out the back just it, it is still unusable <laughs> um, because it's got a couch that we don't want. It's got mm. um, shelving. It's got all sorts of stuff that just did not make it back into the house because we like we declutter. Like again, this is not a big house, so it's pretty easy for it to become cluttered. Did you ever recondo the crap out of that place? Uh, yeah, kinda. Yeah. Wow. Well, like we, so we went through and did such a solid look at our books mm. and we divided them into ones that we decided that we could let go of. Yes. Um, and that was a, you know, a reason, I'll put it this way. It was a lot of books, but it was a pretty small percentage of the books <laughs> that we had. <laughs> uh, but then we went through everything else and we, uh, divided them into books that we wanted to keep but didn't need to have on a shelf somewhere and books that we absolutely did want to have on the shelves in the house and accessible. And so there are like, you know, sort of a mover's book box size thing, like I think like one of those file boxes turned on its side. We've got, I reckon, almost 20 of those stacked (gasps) out in the hut full of books. Wow. So. That's a lot of books. It is, and they all used to live inside the house, Steve. <laughs> so the, the house looks very, very different now that it's not just the spines of books. <laughs> it's sounding like your builder, when he comes back, is going to be building an outside room for books. <laughs> well, no, this is why we have to get the uh, eldest child to move out, because his room will make uh, a very good library. Well played. Well played, indeed. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it, it, easy. <laughs> look, look, you know... Yeah, the the the, uh, the hotel where you stayed uh, when you came yes. in to see us, you know, like that's only a couple of hundred meters away. Mm. And, like I, I can understand, you know, the idea of you know having the big house where you know you, the kids can come back. I'm just like, like I'm just happy to spring for a room at the Astor. <laughs> <laughs> They'll be fine. <laughs> they can walk across the bridge. It's that's not exactly that right. <laughs> so you know, it's just. It's just a different kind of lifestyle. Right. <laughs> we all make choices. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of choices. Yes, Dave. Have your dear parents chosen to no longer oh, live on a farm Dave. in the middle of nowhere? Oh, Dave, you have no idea how much I wish they had. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, it's... <laughs> Look, the highlights, the highlights are they are both... I don't mean this disrespectfully, somehow still alive. Um, Mum particularly has been through continued wars. In fact, the latest from when we last talked, I think, cause had she fallen out of bed? Ye- or yes. Well, hang on. How many times? Is- leg? Yes, definitely. And so went into hospital and they were working yep. out, do we amputate it, do we pin it? Right, okay, so yep. we've been through that whole yep, went through that one, yep. Right, they eventually worked out that they could slide metal rods into her bones 
um, and you know screw them in place, and that that would be the best solution. Well, that's grand. It, yeah, grand is indeed what it is. Um, so that eventually happened. I think I think out of last year, uh, 2019, I think Mum spent about nearly ten and a half months in hospital. Like that's ludicrous money, right? Um, and and so eventually, and that's flipping between Dubbo, Gill, and Sydney, Royal North Shore. Um, just insane, man. The taxpayer covering her health bill is insane. Um, vote her off the island. The <laughs> the, the latest update is that one of those screws... Say, don't, don't let Adam Crichton find out about your mum because oh. he, might, he might have some very unkind things to say. Yeah, or, or <laughs> any other politician who might use it as a cross to bear. Oh, my gosh. Oh, um, uh, one of the screws, that like surgical screws inside her leg holding that that the metal rods in place uh, unscrewed itself and is floating around inside now, her leg. Now, Steve, I, I, I admit to having pretty limited medical knowledge, but um, mm. is that supposed to happen? <laughs> Dave, last time I checked, no. Right. Well, that, that was that was my first guess, but I mean, I just I didn't want to appear any more ignorant than I had to because <laughs> it's not one of those like metal screws that. Like goes through from the outside. This is a totally internal screw. Right. Um, and Dad, like, you know what? I'll, look, and I'm going to guess it's not going to be, um, you know, your standard old Phillips head, which no. which leaves me wondering how do you even get like a hex driver in there? Well, I think we all know the answer to that. Um, the the challenge, additionally, is that it's not a short one. Um, oh. Like, Dad, I learnt about this. My dad just sending me, this is my dad's level of technology, he sent me a text of a picture of the X-ray. And so I'm, I could work out that it was a leg, and then I saw this, you know, pretty white metal thing and just went, um... I, I had to call him and go, Dad, like, I, I, I'm not really sure what this is. I'm guessing it's Mum's leg, yes. Um... And, and that's sort of where they fixed it up last year. Yes. And that metal thing, that's not meant to be there, right? He said, yes, that's the problem. I mean, you could have texted me just that. You don't need to send me the pictures. Um, <laughs> Hang on. What, what I want to know, though, was was this like a digital copy of the X-ray that had been, you know, sent to him? Or did he literally like pull out the X-ray oh, and take a photo of it? I, I'm pretty confident he's taken a picture of it off the screen that here's the X-ray. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Um, he's pretty, he's pretty nifty like that. Um, uh, so they're <laughs> now waiting to hear from someone in orthopedic surgery somewhere. It could be, you know, somebody in Cucamonga. And of course it's not life threatening. So it's, but it's not elective. Um, it fits in that weird kind of, well, we don't have to do it yet, but coronavirus isn't stopping us doing it, but there's no rush to do it all of that kind of space. Mm. Um, they're waiting to hear what is going to happen. And I would have thought that what is going to happen, Dave, is pretty straightforward. You either take the screw out or you screw it back in. Because <laughs> the position that it's in, right, the screws are all, if you think about the, the way your bone goes up and down your leg, these mm -hmm. things are perpendicular, right? They're screwed yep. into the thing. This is this This one has come out and has moved a good two inches towards her ankle. Mm. And it's Ooh. parallel to her bone. Wow. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Ow. Like, that's not the path it went in. 
No, 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 that's so it's that's forging away to go somewhere. That's pretty special. It's boldly going where no screw has gone before. That is damn sure. Um, oh dear. So, like, that needs to be fixed. They have no idea when that's going to be fixed. It's causing mum a fair deal of pain. She's on some pretty heavy medication, in and out of Gill Hospital. Um, Dad's hurt his back, and it's not getting any better. Like, they need to sell that property. Yeah, being on a farm, probably not the ideal situation for no. that in any way, shape, or form. And not where it's big enough that you need to have cattle on it to get all of the appropriate or something. You need to be working it to yep. get the tax breaks to have it be that big enough. Yeah. Ugh. Or someone working it anyway. So they're alive. They are well. They are struggling. Um, and I'm only four and a half, five hours drive from them now. That could be a challenge. <laughs> Look, it really is, because I nearly <laughs> thought I needed to drive out there and see them the other week. Um, oh, not, wow. not that I don't want to. It's, it's. I know what it will entail. And if I go during school holidays, there'll be, when are we going to see the kids? Mm. Um, and because they're both not doing great, like every time I go to visit them, I spend the first four hours cleaning the house. Because they're yeah. just not able to keep up with it. And they haven't properly got assessed, and, and they're not getting help. Or well, I think even if they were, the help they were getting stopped because of coronavirus. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think they just started getting some help and then it stopped. <sighs> yeah, it's all it's all of that. So that yeah, they need to not be on a farm, twenty k's out of Gilgandra. Look, I, I would make an argument that there's very few people who are <laughs> living their best life on a farm 20 days out of Gilgandra. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> let, let alone people in the situation that your parents find themselves. <laughs> yeah, look, it's, it's, it's pretty... It's not dire, but it's just diabolical. Um, and, and I don't know that they feel trapped. I think that they, they feel a, a strange sense of responsibility because it's... I won't say it's been in the family, right? This was my dad's auntie and uncle's farm um and they bought it from someone who wasn't in the family so it's only really sort of generation two ish um but it's a sizable chunk of property that i know they won't get what ostensibly they feel they should get for it but they got it for free so it's time to cut your losses on this one yeah it's yeah, holding out for what you think it should be worth at this oh, point in time seems a bit futile. Not when you balance their health challenges and their age mm. into it. It's just yep. not It's not a thing. Oh, dear me. Otherwise, they're fighting fit and loving life. Well, that's good. They I'm have strong opinions on things that they continue to share with me, <laughs> particularly around the coronavirus and oh, no. locking down the borders and whether or not that should have happened. And... Oh, oh, no. no. It's my very own, like, conspiracy theory podcast when I have a chat to them and they start talking about those sorts of things. Um, to the point where, I, I, you know, I love my parents. Mm. I'm not going to take, you know, conspiracy rubbish. Oh, well, they should just open up the borders. And I said to them, you know they shut the borders, like, out of an extreme reaction to try and help control the spread of this insane virus. Oh, yeah, but, you know, if people die, that's their choice. 
dear. It, it just, oh. and I don't have the energy to fight hard with them. No. So I just get a bit sort of straight, and then I stop and go, "No, this is a strategic retreat. I'm not. I'm not even going to make a head right into this." Look, look, I've had one good thing come out of all of the, uh, you know, the 2020 conspiracy stuff. Right. And that is, well, yes, that is. I've had a, I have a very, very dear friend, um, who look, she's a little bit on the alternative side. Yes. A little bit, and so she was. She was a bit of a fan of Pete Evans, uh, yeah, you know, previously, oh. and I and I was always like, mm, oh. yeah, yeah, but nah. Anyway, last time I caught up with her, she's just like, he's just gone like off the deep end, hasn't he? And I'm just like, yes, he has. <laughs> She's just like, I, oh. I, I don't think I can even follow him on Instagram anymore. I'm like, that's probably good for your well-being because he is not a healthy individual at this point and we shouldn't be giving him a platform. Mate, he's like... <laughs> he's, gone full I... cure. he's gone full cured on. You, you you know that I I do some TV stuff on the side. I do, and that one of the people that I do that with <laughs> released has, a podcast this week with Pete Evans and has received some blowback. Has started well all year. They've been doing their own TV show, mm-hmm. and today they yep. interviewed Pete Evans. Yeah, um, ostensibly. Now I, I, I want to I want to preface this. I want to preface this. <laughs> When I learned that it was happening, which was late last week, mm. I said to this person, you really shouldn't do this. I think it's a bad idea. And so did a fair majority of social media. Also, <laughs> um, yeah, um, it turns out platforming Pete Evans in 2020 is not as uh, well received as it has been in the past. No. And, and, and that allowed them to sort of go, oh, why, why are people allowed to tell us that we're doing the wrong thing and feign <laughs> ignorance to... Uh, oh, dear. <laughs> oh, boy. So, anyway, on the, the TV Black Box podcast this week, oh, woe is us, people telling us that we can't do what we want and, and, and ask questions and hold to account someone uh. like Pete Evans. And uncharacteristically for me, um, Dave, I let rip. Oh, um, and said that what they were doing was not great and pretty outrageous, and he doesn't need your platform to spread his special brand of crazy talk, um, and so on and so forth. Um, and, and, and and that's why we needed to start this podcast up again <laughs> because you. <laughs> no, I'm sure they did. I'm sure they received your. Um... Your well thought oh, out words they, with they, grace. They they did. They were very generous in hearing my criticisms of what they were doing and soundly ignored it uh, <laughs> and went ahead and did it anyway today. Oh, now, I, I have... Just, he's a friend of mine. All, all three of the gentlemen on the show are friends of mine. Um, and I like to keep... I, I do a segment every Monday talking about television. Um, I like to keep in touch with sort of some of the things that are going on. And I knew that this you know, Pete Evans' conversation would, would come up again. So I flicked over late this afternoon. I figured I should watch the interview, expecting maybe a 10-minute, 15-minute chat, which is their standard kind of drop-in interview. Yeah. It went for 40 minutes. Oh, my God. And and that's with, are you ready for this? They pre-recorded it at 12 o'clock. The show goes live at 1, and they were live at 1 o'clock, and 
Rob was editing. He had to edit the interview while they were like the later part of the interview while they were showing the front part of the interview because during the conversation one of the other people said something that would have been defamatory had it gone to air (laughs) and it wasn't pete that said it so that had to be cut out and unfortunately that led to some weird technical issues towards the back end of the show good lord now that that aside normally they get sort of maybe 20 50 odd comments on the on the show every day Mm -hmm. great awesome um when i had a look and i did not read the comments 560 and counting. <laughs> oh, God. And that's just on Facebook. Oh, like, dear. I yeah. did see a number of people who I am both friendly and familiar with on Twitter. Um, I saw the aftermath or the back end of their conversations with a couple of those uh, gentlemen that hosted, and they weren't great conversations. I, um, I, I could imagine they weren't. They didn't cover anybody in glory. Because it, it just meant that the three that were hosting it were ostensibly being very defensive from the get-go. Why can't we do this? We're not supporting him. We're not agreeing with him. We're just giving him uh, the chance to, to tell his story. And we can. We, we all know it was a clickbait situation. Mm. Um, the challenge is that because it was Pete Evans and the things he'd said, uh, and I have watched it, they didn't hold him to account for any of it. No. Uh, and in fact, in Pete Evans's. Um, way he obfuscated and and mixed truth and and continued to push back never actually answered any of their to be frank pretty weak lines of questioning that they threw at him um and the the problem when you sort of go oh look we're just gonna ask him questions and hold him to account it's like well so does that mean you're gonna have blair cottrell on next week yeah this is it the false balance thing is just out of control within the media at the moment in no small part to the unmentionable that is the president of the United States of America. Um, I did oh, see. We, <laughs> we've got so much to talk about. <laughs> we've so much to talk about. I did see a really great interview, Dave, with uh, Lee Sales interviewing Sarah Huckabee Sanders on 7.30 just this week. Now, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, former press secretary to the president of the United States, Donald J. Trump, uh, and who... Uh, I think she former, was sec- former press secretary, uh, still current cult member. Oh, one hundred percent. And she's written a book. That's the that's why she's talking to Lee Sales. Um, Lee asked her some pretty direct questions, um, to which Ms. Huckabee Sanders attempted to not answer, sidestep, obfuscate the whole shebang bang. And you know, even one of the questions that she asked her laid out a whole bunch of stuff that that the president had said out of his human, well, okay, human mouth. Um, and Miss Sanders said, oh, well, the media have manipulated that and turned it in. She said, to hear Lee say to her, uh, no, Sarah, this is what the president said. And she's like, oh, but he's done so much for the country and look at the successes he's had. And she just, this is where the, the level of political discourse has fallen that now the general public are uh, being expected to, to almost have political science degrees, to have epidemiology degrees, you know, PhDs in scientific research, because anybody that comes and tries to challenge or suggest that which we have previously learnt and known and trusted, 
we're just getting told by the people who disagree with that. Do your own research. Do, or not even do your own. Do your research. Suggesting that there is other stuff out there that we'll be able to pick up and read that will give us, you know, we'll see the light. And the problem is that all of the people that are writing that stuff don't have any of the necessary background to be able to be writing it. Oh, absolutely. And, and this is the thing, like, absolutely nothing would have been gained from that, that Sarah Sanders interview. Like, for, for, for anyone who actually knew what was going on, you'd just mm-hmm. be gob, gobsmacked at the audacity of her to just sit there and, you know, keep mouthing the same nonsense that she did oh, so successfully. Mate, this is how good it was, right? Brian Stelter uh, from CNN picked up and shared the interview on both his daily email and on his Twitter feed. Um, and I, I read through some of the comments on Twitter from Americans from him sharing it. And it, look, admittedly, it is a certain brand of politics that are going to follow through on that. But they were all gushing with praise for Lee Sales and saying, why can't our media ask questions like this? And yet she still didn't actually crack through. No. Like, this, is, this, is the, this is the ridiculous Sanders thing. Sanders still managed to be able to just spout her crap and say whatever and get on with life. Well, we've got the the same, yeah, the the same flurry of enthusiasm with um, Jonathan Swan talking to the president mm. a few oh. a few few weeks ago. Yes, uh, and, and, and look, it, we, I, I I I think he did do a reasonably good job, and it was an entertaining interview. But it he, was. even then, like, not really learnt anything. Like, even Trump's supposed. Gaffs and I don't no, know. I no worse than anything that he, he he would say normally. Anyway, you, know, you, you go right ahead, Stephen. Dave, we did learn something. What we we learned that Jonathan Swan pulling funny faces <laughs> when Trump says things that aren't true <laughs> is bloody entertaining. That's no, this what is we very, No, good point. I, I stand corrected. I, 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 I will restate my point. We didn't learn anything we didn't know about the president. <laughs> <laughs> He's a, he, he became a moving mean machine. He sure did. It was uh, just incredible. Yeah, yeah it's... Uh, I don't know. It's... Yeah, 2020, huh? Like, Mate, I, it's... Like, I thought that I had a shit end to 2019 when I got cellulitis, right? <laughs> 2020 yeah. is everybody got cellulitis. Like, it's oh, the worst. man. It, It does make you wonder whether, like, the whole thing of the timelines getting separated when they um, spun up the Large Hadron Collider might have something to do. Like, like, like isn't it a nice thought that maybe somewhere in the universe there's a version of the Earth where things are going well? <laughs> like, crikey. I mean, and, and of course, the, the worst thing is, I reckon... I'm just trying to think back. I reckon probably 2014 was probably where this trend started of, you know, getting to December and everyone just going, this has just been the worst year ever. This has been shit. Can't wait to put this one in the bin. Let's start again. Only to find that the year following has been worse. (laughs) And and the trend has simply continued. And at this point, I'm, I'm just sort of going, holy hell, if this is 2020, what's 2021 gonna be like? Oh, it's going like, to be... I'm not holding out hope. No, and this is the problem. I mean, when you hear... Uh, I, I'm, look, first of all, um, so that I don't forget it, I'm going to put it on record to say that I read an article today about some scientists who have done some research and they have worked out a way to deliver paradox-free time travel. 
that in itself is amazing. Um, but they can't tell us how they can time travel, but they've worked out how to do it so that it's paradox-free. Yeah, well, hang um, on. That, that, that either means they're lying or they're responsible for this. That's right. They've come back <laughs> and, oh, shit. When we say paradox-free, we mean that the coronavirus is a side effect. Um, oh, dear. When, when you hear that, you know, the, the RBA are expected to drop interest rates to 0.1%, uh, you know, in two weeks' time. When you hear that Qantas are saying that they probably won't restart proper general public international travel uh, until at best 20... Pardon me, 2022, and that the international airline industry won't recover until 2023 and beyond. When you look at how many businesses have had to, pardon me for using this, but pivot um, and have so many people work from home, that a whole bunch of them have gone, well, we don't need five floors in the CBD. We only need two because everyone can work from home. Um, it's just going to change everything. Yeah, I, I don't think we're. It's, it's we're we like we're just living through uh, this this time of massive change that you know, hundred years from now will just be you know, the way that we look at yeah you know, the printing press and we go oh, oh well here, yeah. here's something that happened over this little space of time and what, yep. what's what you know all of a sudden things were different and yep. and we just go oh, okay yeah fair enough but of course oh. if you think. Like, if you do any reading about the actual times mm. that that, that, mm. that this new technology was started to being rolled out throughout Europe, you can sort of see the, it just caused enormous disruption. And, uh, yeah, that's what we're living through right now. And, oh, you know, no. I'm not that fond of it, Stephen. <laughs> no, and I'm with you. And I have two completely kind of weirdly connected thoughts into this. Um, one... The state of chaos in America, I saw some footage from Kentucky of what is ostensibly a, a, a small militia, just, you know, volunteers walking through the street in like full military gear, greens, guns, all sorts of automatic weapons hanging off them, walking around, just keeping the peace, air quotes, um, in in an unnecessary fashion. Like they are nanoseconds away from civil war, if not complete anarchy over there, it is incredible. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, uh, like uh, 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 one of my friends, um, who's in our fantasy football group, Lee. He, like he and I um, have long time mm. been, you know, big fans of the US. And one of one of our, you know, lotto win dreams has been yep. to spend like the. A year or two over there, mm. just you know, bit by bit, going through all of the you know the different places in in the states, you know, just to try and get a feel for so much. But not you know, not not so much do the the touristy thing, but have you know a yeah. bit of a lived experience. Get to know the place. And right now, I the, the pair of us have both mm. been in conversation. And said, I cannot think of anything worse. No, like, no. I, 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 I like. I'm really really glad I you know. Uh, made my brief visit there a few years ago when I did because I'd be hard pressed to come up with any rationale to go back over there at the moment or any time soon. It is just, uh, yeah, it 
it, it just looks like it is just so horribly unstable that you don't want to be anywhere near it. Yeah, it's it looks it looks to be horrific, and I've got you know uh, as I'm sure you do, but a, a number of friends living in various parts of the states, and my ears like I I have noticed that over the coronavirus, I actually stopped like trying to seek out news. I just, I, there were moments when I was into it, oh, look, it's a press conference. And then I just went, man, every time they talk, it just gets bad. So I just don't need to hear about it for a little bit. And I've gotten out of practice um, of going to watch or seek out, you know, kind of news to keep up to date with things. I'm getting better at it again. But it, I just, it caught me off guard a bit that I realised I haven't been keeping up to date. But when I hear it or I'm flicking over and I see it and, you know, and then they cut to this thing happening in California or this thing happening in Arizona or this thing happening in Philadelphia uh, or in West Virginia, all places I have friends and I just, like, my heart just tightens a little. Um, I mean, that could also be, you know, kind of heart disease, but, um, like, my body stiffens in a way that is is almost anxiety-based. Like, oh, no, what about my friends? What is what is going on? Steve, my, my reaction to 2020 so far is that... Uh... I bought the complete uh, sort of seven or eight seasons of Magnum PI on my Amazing. iTunes. Amazing. <laughs> and I have been uh, uh, spending time with Tom Selleck, John Hilleman, Roger Mosley, and Larry Minetti. Wow. <laughs> that's, how, that's how I'm coping with 2020. Wow. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> I, if, if it wasn't for the fact that I'm now technically holding down three jobs... Um, I, I would have watched, like sat through a rewatch of, of Breaking Bad and probably introduced my son to it. Um, because Better Call Saul, the prequel series, the, the bit that we got of it this year was just incredible, just incredible. But Breaking Bad's my go-to kind of, I know it's a horrible story, but it's, it's kind of my happy place. It's just such incredible television, which connects me to the other thing that I reflect out of the, this whole coronavirus nightmare. How great is it that the uh, the Morrison government have realised that they need to start rolling out fibre to the home? Oh God, don't, 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 <laughs> ask me. don't, don't. Settle in, even, Dave. We've got another hour to talk. Don't even fucking start me. It's just outrageous. Oh. And all of the invective that Kevin Rudd is coming out with, whether you <laughs> like him or not, is incredible. Yeah. And look, the for all the, oh, we're going to roll out fibre, it's 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 not like it's going to be that simple. Like I tell you, you what, it's ha- going to be simple, mate. I'm building a new house on a new block of land and my neighbours currently have fibre to the home. Oh, nice. Guess what's happening at my yeah, place? You are in a good place. Whereas, where I am, the uh, the node is uh, on the opposite side of a main road. Uh, I live in a house with. I live in a house. Live in a street with uh, only eight houses. Um, I can't imagine that there's going to be enormous demand to bring the fibre over to where we are. Which means that if I want it, I'm pretty much going to have to bear the cost of a you know couple of hundred meter fibre run all by myself, mm-hmm. which will be a lot more costly than the original plan for the NBN, which was we will just run this sucker everywhere, uh, so mm. that you can get a drop from your nature strip. 
Yes. Very different plan, very different cost basis. Yes. Like doing this ad hoc is not like whatever the number they're coming up with for you know, how much it will cost. Triple it. Tri- at least. Yeah. Because you will. Because you're doing it in an ad hoc fashion, there is just simply no oh, no efficiencies, oh, no, no efficiencies whatsoever. Even no. if you get like five people doing it in the same street, they're not going to get that done like all at the same time. It's going to be a piecemeal no. thing. Footpaths are going to be dug up seven times. Oh, it's going to be. It's going to be the worst. So angry, Dave. Stephen. So angry. It's going to be the worst. Though I look forward to having this conversation with you. From my 250 meg down, um, you know, 50 meg up link that I intend on getting once I get fiber. I had literally received notification that I was due to get fiber in September 2013. Oh, Dave. That's heartbreaking. And then, of course, after the election, it's like, there's been a review on our rollout plans. We'll get back to you. And then it took another... Two and a bit years to get fibre to the like to the node. Mm. NBN, mm. Cra- I got, yeah, to, to, I had to wait longer to get crappier NBN. Man, I'm so angry with those people. It's, oh God, Dave, let's move away from the things that make you angry. <laughs> well, 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 in this week's episode of Magnum <laughs> PI, they went to London, <laughs> which apparently is what every show in the US did in the eighties when they'd had enough seasons to have like amassed a big budget. Uh, family Ties did it. Lots of people did it, um, and mm-hmm. yeah, it all was, before they came to Australia. Just by the way, it was not a great episode. <laughs> TC, and they, TC got lost in Morocco and no one could mm, explain why. Oh, I can explain why. I didn't want to go to London. Um, <laughs> the, the, the challenge is going to be, mate, that won't happen anymore. Not only because no one's making TV, but yes. nobody wants to go to this little independent country called England. Right? No. Hey, it's hard. It's difficult. There's none of the EU benefits that it's going to have. Because and it's full of COVID. Decide. Oh, it's so full of COVID. Can you believe that... that Boris, what is wrong? <laughs> yes, I can world? believe that Boris Johnson has badly handled the coronavirus <laughs> response. What Next question. If, if this is what I want to do in a time machine, Dave, I, I, this is how I have a paradox-free trip. What we do is we go back in time, and we just we take someone who you know we know isn't sort of going to procreate or something if we take them out of their timeline then. You know, like the, we, we have that knowledge and, and someone who hopefully has, has some good thought processes and stuff behind them and we bring them forward to 2021 and we say, okay, now before we break all of the news to you and show you everything, here's an Apple iPhone, here's smartphones, they're all pretty great, blah, blah, blah. By the way, the government is listening. Um, <laughs> we want to introduce you to two things that may freak you out a little bit. One of them is that Boris Johnson is the Prime Minister of england and the other one is that donald trump is the president of the united (laughs) states and i think at that point do you remember um at the end of total recall when they spit out from the safe sort of area into onto the 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 surface of mars and their heads start to swell and their eyes bulge and yes you know explode that's what will happen to that person we will see their head swell and bubble and they'll scream and in a weird claymation sense, it will pop. Oh, 
Yes. I, I, I mean... I think you could probably repeat the experiment multiple times and you'd, you'd get pretty consistent results, Steve, but I don't know that that's going to save us. No, no, because once we do it to a couple of people and we see that it happens every time, <laughs> then then we go back and get Boris Johnson and Donald Trump. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. It's just... Mm. Like, did you see the, the news this week out of the UK where they were saying that... Uh, <laughs> Because we're now going to have a border with France, uh, it, it, there might be backlogs of you know up to two days for trucks to get across oh, the border. Just can't so, even, so prepare just for, for like queues of up to seven thousand trucks. Mm. <laughs> you know, Can you imagine being a truckie stuck in like a I moved two truck lengths today, um, like that kind of queue for two or more days on the border? Yeah, it's. It, it's it's astonishing. The and channel course, tunnel and, will become and, unusable. And of course, now we've, we've reached the whole, who could ever have seen this apart from everyone who said, you know, this is, this is probably going to happen and this is why it's a bad idea. Uh, but of course, that was just, you know, that, that was Project Fear from Ramona's. Oh, just... <laughs> uh, we are, look, as, as horrible as things are, yeah, in a broad sense in Australia at the moment. Um, we have got off pretty lucky for 2020. Um, thanks in no small mm. part to the fact that uh, the state premiers, when COVID hit, realised that they couldn't rely on the federal government no. to do anything good no. and, and took the response into their own hands. Well, that's it. Um, we need to remember that it wasn't the federal government that said close your state borders, was it? N- well, not even that. It wasn't the federal government that said, let's go into the first lockdown. Um, yeah, true. I mean, it, it's amazing in, in one sense, Steve. Like, like uh, March, April seems simultaneously like last week and oh. ten years ago. Yes, so much. Um, but you know, like, remember, like the whole big thing was, oh, you know, Sunday the national cabinet's going to get together and discuss mm. a code response, and then Saturday afternoon, uh, New South Wales and Victoria quietly just popped out the thing going, oh, by the way, we're going to lockdown next week. Yeah, we're doing this. <laughs> before the, before the uh, National Cabinet had even met. And, and like, they did. They forced the hand. They were just like, well, mm. we're the two biggest states. This is what we're going to do. Either get on board or, you know, look like you, you, you can't reach consensus. And you know, unsurprisingly... ScoMo Sco, Sco was going to the footy. Oh, good. that's right. I just cannot... Get, and, and I think he... Didn't he have the weekend off the other day, the other week? And it was like... Anyone that dared question him was like, oh, no, it's outrageous. He's a family man. He's a Christian. He can go to church. He doesn't have to be on the clock all the time. We are in a pandemic like our country has never seen. I agree. The guy needs to have some downtime. But to be frank, as Prime Minister, you don't get a weekend off. There's stuff that you can and should be doing and planning because you guys, well, we're now in officially in a recession racing towards a depression the budget in a couple of weeks time is going to be diabolical because can you remember what they said last year dave oh we're already black we're already going to be back in the black steve <laughs> in fact they announced that we already were for next year's budget <laughs> which is oh. the budget that we're about to get that we didn't get in may yeah 
Yeah. I'm gobsmacked at at some of these. But, of course, um, in in the way that we so gloriously echo and and reflect American political rubbish, uh, it's happening here. And those in the particularly conservative media swinging wildly at Dan Andrews and Anastasia Palaszczuk and even Gladys Berejiklian to a degree, even though she's allegedly on their side, she's not conservative enough. Um, and just giving them what for, for not listening to the Prime Minister, for putting us into this crazy lockdown, and essentially platforming a whole bunch of other insane views around what will solve this virus, whether it's even it's a hoax or not. At one point, I'm pretty sure that Sky News at night were running with the line that, no, no, we're all okay, the coronavirus isn't a thing. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's gobsmacking. Look, Steve, I, I can hear that you're a little bit disappointed with the federal government, but, <coughs> I, I, but I, I do need to... Yes, Dave. Listen, because I, I think we, we deserve to give a balanced view on this. Yes, and, I and, I th- and in all fairness, the coronavirus and all of the, the flow-on effects of that have not actually stopped this government engaging in the same kind of grift <laughs> that they have been famous for for the last seven years. Oh. You know, fun- funding to mates that they don't deserve, get it done. <laughs> like, that stuff hasn't stopped, Steve. The machinery of government that is important to the people in power has continued. So, oh. you know... <laughs> Mate, the fact that we can turn off JobKeeper because now all of those people that were getting that can go out and get jobs so we can cut back how much they were getting through the, uh, the, the the monies via Centrelink because now they have the capacity to find a job. I mean... Yeah, there's only 13 job seekers for every vacancy in Australia. We're in a recession, <laughs> racing towards a depression, and you're saying that the answer is to absolutely stop paying the people who were already grossly underpaid at the very bottom end of the queue. Holy crap. Yeah, it's, it's not good. Dave... It's- I, I, I will be incredibly surprised if our recession does not turn into a depression. Very seriously. I, I just cannot see how the, the federal government are going to print their money way out of it. No, well, and, and an austerity budget is not going to fix it. Like, no. Like, like putting everyone um, on JobSeeker back into poverty mm. is not going to fix things. But hey, while we're on that, that tone, though, how amazing is it, though? This is a genuine, you know, wow moment that came out of 2020. For years, for yes. years, like the social services sectors have been saying that you literally can end poverty mm. and homelessness. Like, you By can. Like, it's not hard. Yeah. It's expensive. Like, so, like, raising homelessness especially, it's expensive. Like, it is yes. costly. It'll cost money. But, but, but you can do it. Like, yes. like, all you have to do is decide to do it, and yep. you can same with you know, poverty. You, all you have to do to end poverty is decide to end it yep. and provide financial support to the people who require it. And, it. The, and the coronavirus has proven both of those things because this year, like state governments found, you know, found accommodation for people who were sleeping rough mm. and, and, and they're continuing to provide it. Uh, we saw the doubling yes. of the job seeker uh, payout. Uh, and and then we saw JobKeeper because all of a sudden, you know, ah, 
after our glorious no. leaders said that we wouldn't do a wage subsidy, uh, no. once they realised that they would then be responsible for 20% unemployment, oh. they, they decided JobKeeper might be a good idea after all. And, um, gloriously, the number of you know places that took advantage of that. Now, some did it quite reasonably and well and you know kept employees working and, and you know were able to keep their businesses open. All that stuff is great. And then, of course, there were the jerks that went, oh, no, no, we'll just use that to pay for bonuses and to cover all sorts of other things. Like, just do not even start me. Yeah. 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 But, um, but, but yeah, look, again, we, we've proven now, we've, we've proven that poverty is a policy choice. It, like the, but we you know, always you know, knew that it was, mate. Yeah, we, we, mate, mate, we've known. Oh. However, you know... It, this is the hardest thing in politics. Always is you know how do you run a counterfactual? How do you know how you know for all for all of the you know wishing and hoping and, and trying to um, you know game out how different scenarios could have played out? We, we just never know. Mm-hmm. And, and so, despite the fact that you know for years we've had the conversation about poverty and homelessness about being simply a funding choice, uh, it's always been moralised by governments who don't want to spend the money and 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 rather than looking at systematic problems they've always blamed it on individuals that you yeah. know everyone who's in you know impoverished uh, it, that's a choice yeah. it's bad decisions by them they, they've just you know I mean, and what a ridiculous assertion like the fact that the fact that 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 this had had people bloody laughed out of um polite company mm. in itself is a, an indictment on all of us. But the idea that you know, anyone would choose to live an impoverished life, what has ridiculous. But anyway, but now we've, you know, we've, we've never before, though, actually run the experiment in a large scale in Australia. Now we have. Now yeah. we've proved it. We've proved you can make it work. And, of course, the, the amazing thing from my perspective, too, is that for all of the talk of, oh, lockdown's going to be detrimental to people's mental health and you're going to see a suicide rate skyrocket, we haven't. In fact, we, yeah. we've seen the opposite in a lot of ways because people are no longer trying to decide between food and rent. Yeah. Uh, and amazingly, that's been mm-hmm. good for people's mental health. Who I would have thought? It. Who would have thought? Who would have thought that meeting their very basic needs would allow them to have just a little bit of hope in their lives? And, and of course, you know, here we are six months later going, well, that, that experiment was lovely. Let's just turn the tap back off. It's like, and, oh, and you this utter bastards. This from a political class where almost, I think it's nearly half of them claim some kind of faith. A prime minister that sticks his neck out and says, you know, but of course I love Jesus, of course this is how it is, but there's no way I can help the poor people. You know, it's... I, I Honestly, mate, like, the, there's a, there's a, a, a very um, progressive, I think he's Catholic priest, a guy called Father Richard Raw, uh, who has a really amazing quote. Uh, that basically go, I'm probably going to mangle it, so I apologise, the biggest cause of atheism in the world today is Christians. Absolutely. I just, I I just can't, I just can't. And, And I look at how, I mean, churches were struggling anyway. I look at how the way some churches have doubled down and worked their asses off to try and be 
COVID safe, acceptable and accessible to people who need them and need their services and all of those sorts of things. Amazing. And I look at some churches that just went, well, we've got to just make our holy huddle a little bit tighter and keep more people out. Um, but they got JobKeeper, Steve. Oh, and then, of course, there's the, <laughs> the nutters that said this is the judgment of God, and I just can't even. I just can't even, Dave. Yeah. I've got to tell you, Steve, uh, it's not not looking good for your people. Mate, it's <laughs> there, there is some some really hard... I mean, it's great for, for a change. It's great for church services to be equated to... Um, uh, you know, music festivals, and be told that you can't <laughs> you can't gather and sing because people will get the COVID. There, are, there are some people who are look in part really understandably very, very worried that members of their congregations will never return to their church until they turn up in a box. Um, mm. Not because they don't want to come, but because they're elderly and immunocompromised, and all of the rest of it. And until we really seriously get on top of this with a vaccine, and don't even start me on our anti-vaxxer friends, um, there's just no possible way that they can re-engage with society. Yeah, and that and that 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 side of it is, and not just for churches, but just in general, like people, just people living life. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like while I was mocking the the odd. Lockdown is causing suicide. Squad, um, like it, it, like the world has changed in a really dramatic and not particularly pleasant way. Uh, and in the midst of all of the other uncertainty and disruption around the globe, to be also disconnected from communities is hard. It's like it's hard for everyone. Like you know, oh, and you, you know, know what it you know what it did? It really peeled back the scab on this kind of glorious notion that I think we've all held on to a little bit too long. It's well overcooked that, you know, air quotes, as the lucky country, everything's all a bit she'll be right, mate. You know, we're kind of a little bit, everyone, we, we'll get by, everybody's in this together, the whole mateship vibe. As soon as shit got real, we are punching on in the toilet paper aisle. We are... Oh, yeah. <laughs> we're not actually looking out for our mate. No. You know? It, no. It's even even down to some of these amazing uh, people who are attending anti-lockdown, anti-mask rallies. You ask them about mateship and they would just spout forth bullshit about the Anzacs and all of the rest of it. The notion that we as a country function and exist as a society where we care for each other that little bit more because we're Australians, mate, that's not it. That's not it anymore. I, th- I think you're right. I think it's been a long time since you could sincerely put your hand on your heart and uh, you know, point to uh, the existence of that kind of special bond within our communities. But you're right. There's been plenty to... There are uh, pockets. I don't want to, to set the old doom and gloom, right? There are pockets of hope and joy and amazingness and people doing incredible things. There always will be because people in and of themselves, can do incredible things. And I, you know, will stand hand on heart and say God does incredible things in the midst of this as well. The, the, the differential is that, broadly speaking, our self-understanding of who we are and how we function. When the going got tough, we fucked off. Yep. Oh, yeah. 
it was. Sorry for swearing. I'm a bit sweary there. No, that's right. <laughs> it, 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 but it, just so many things showed up as being so brittle, like mm. you know, like supply chains in Australia. Oh, uh, you, oh you know, God. Just, just, just yep. falling to pieces, and yep. you know, it just reinforced how vulnerable we are in so many different ways. And I, I saw an astonishing report like the other day. like how we train our security industry. Oh God! <laughs> yeah, I saw an astonishing report the other day that was um, based on uh, it's like a development index that mm-hmm. you know, ranks countries based on uh, like the complexity of their manufacturing industries and other you know flow on things from there. Yeah, and it was basically saying that Australia has um, dipped back to the point of like a developing nation. Um, because the only stuff that we did here was effectively in a lot of ways was, you know, mining and financial services and, uh, you know, the retail and bits and pieces in between, like our manufacturing is so low tech and so so low impact, um, compared to developed nations that Mm. yeah we've gone backwards in the last two decades. And I don't see that, um, I don't see that turning around with, uh, things like a gas led recovery. What 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 is going on? Honestly, when we have so much like proof, not even just like scientific evidence, physical, actual, real life proof around renewables and the benefit that they bring us, and all of the things. That, and, the, and again, it's just it's a it's a, an economy of scale push. If we invest and go down that path, we will see the returns. It'll just happen. We get we get that like we did with coal when we went down that path. No, no, let's double down and burn some gas. Well, what did you see? Matt Canavan though is not not letting go of the coal dream. He's no. still saying that we need a coal fired power plant in North Queensland of all places. That's it's because like... that's deep in his electorate, mate. <laughs> both the mines and that thing will oh, get him re-elected. Matt Canavan yeah. is the worst example of a self-seeking, self-serving politician who actually doesn't give two shits about his electorate. He's uh, in a pretty contested field, to be quite honest with you, mate. I don't know. It's a long long list. Oh, golly. Yeah, so this is probably why we didn't talk for the last four months, (laughs) because there's nothing good to talk about. There's, but there's so many positive things happen in our lives, though. We just, just brushed over them at the top of the, the this list. This is true. This is true. My, but my Jesus, is, man. My room is green now. Green is good. It's very, it's very calming. It, is it the right kind of calm? And does it need to have a sexiness calm quotient? Uh, look, look it, it, it's, it's, a, it's a powerful calm. It's, you mm-hmm. know, it's, it's pretty good. It's, um, calm it's is kinda, helpful. It's like a, it's a sort of swampy colour. <laughs> no. Swampy calm. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's not Kermit Green. I mean, please. It's... <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not going for that kind of vibe. How amazing if it was, though, just to be frank. Go for half-strength Kermit Green. <gasps> My childhood house had Kermit Green carpet. Well, the houses of a certain age did, mate. Yeah, nineteen seventy-eight. That place was built. They also had asbestos. 
and no, you know, no, no, no. lead that pipes. Was, that was much earlier. No, well, that's this place. <laughs> <laughs> I moved. I moved into one of those. I bought one of those. Well done you for keeping the the lead removal part of yeah. the economy running. We, we see. Well, we got the bathroom done a couple of years ago, mm. um, and they finally you know, pulled the tiles off and, and had a look at the board that was behind it. And they were like, oh, no, no, that's just, you know, a cement board from, you know, early 80s, no asbestos in it. I'm yep. like, oh, that's really, really good, because for two years or so, there was a big hole in it in the shower wall, oh. and, like, the board was, like, exposed, and you could oh. see the timber behind it. Oh. And it just, it was just too hard to get fixed. Yep. <laughs> Because, yeah, you were thinking, like, this is a can of worms we do not need to open up. Well, it, like, it was busted already. <laughs> Rach was like, is that asbestos? And I kept going, well, look, if it is, it's wet. So, you, like, you won't get any, you know, dust off it. No, that's right. It's, <laughs> so... We're basically doing what they would recommend, and that is to wet it all down so that there's no fibres floating around that you'll inhale. Yeah, that, that was my solution to a hole I mean, in our, our shower wall don't for almost two years. Don't go and lick it. <laughs> Oh, boy. Just make sure you pee on it in the shower. It'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. Oh, goodness gracious. So, look, so it was it was a great uh, a great and happy day when we um, ripped that out and they went, no, that's not asbestos. Oh. Although they then did find uh, our manhole cover mm. in the laundry. That was asbestos sheeting. <laughs> oh, of course it was. The manhole cover, which we've moved back and forth umpteen times. Oh. <laughs> yeah, but the thing was... Like, we've had tradies up in the roof I don't know how many times, and it was oh, only, like, no. two years ago that one of them went, do you realise that it's asbestos? I'm like, nah. He's like, let's just chuck that over there and leave it alone, shall we? I'm like, yeah. by all means. Let's <laughs> remove that and never speak of it again. <laughs> yeah. But, oh. um, what else is it? Oh, the eaves are asbestos, of course. I mean, what yeah. wouldn't they be? Um, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's again, a house of a certain not, age, mate. Trying not to lick the eaves, so that's yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, mate, speaking of things of a certain age, my glorious wife became a person of a certain saw. age. I saw. And, uh, look, I, I made, I gave a wonderful speech. We had, had like a birthday sort of dinner out with some friends. Um, and I made a wonderful, wonderful speech up until I said to the, I said the part of, it's weird sleeping with a 50-year-old. <laughs> I don't understand why they got upset, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not fifty. <laughs> uh, well, but but surely you know you would have had that you know, a variation of this experience when you know your lovely wife hit forty before you mm. did. Yeah, but so, you know, young you, still, Dave. You should have been. Pre- oh, 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 gee, that's a harsh take. <laughs> well, it, look, it really is, and I know that fifty's not old. Like to be brutally fair, but just the vibe that like because I look at. I look at fifty and go like that. Like we're well past the halfway mark at fifty. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, when you hop on Tinder, have you like changed like the range of people <laughs> you're looking for? Um, Dave, you, I have, have you now gone? I guess, I, I guess fifty. I guess fifty year olds are on the table. So <laughs> look, it just all it does is uh, broaden broaden the pool of opportunity if you were that way inclined. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh. Oh, sorry, wasn't I supposed to tell everyone? It's okay. You use a completely different username on, like, screen name on Tinder. So no, right. one ever, no one will ever find you. On, on Tinder, I use Dave Gould <laughs> Yeah, 
That's probably why you're not getting much success. <laughs> People are Googling that and just going, fuck no. Which, look, it, it, it's part of my strategy. <laughs> that way I can say I'm on Tinder, but I'm not actually doing anything. And not getting approached. No one is swiping right or whatever you're supposed to swipe. <laughs> Uh, no super likes, buddy. No, but what, uh, do you, what is that? <laughs> I honestly don't know how any of this works. <laughs> That'd be a good challenge, I reckon. <laughs> Get on Tinder and see if you can figure out how it works. Oh, well, I've got, like you, mate, I've got an IT background. You'd think we'd be able to master it. The word is that we, there's no way in hell we would. Listen, I, I still don't know how half the things in, like, um, Instagram stories work, let alone <laughs> Snapchat. <laughs> Instagram dropped this Reels thing, and I went, oh, yeah, I'll have to look into that. I don't care. I haven't looked. Well, it's just, you know, Facebook ripping off TikTok. Yeah, they, they, obviously, they, they, they're tired of ripping off Snapchat, so they've got to you know, move on to something else. Oh, man, videos are... Oh. I mean, it's it's been, I have enjoyed, for all of the foibles of the president, him deciding, slash being advised, slash deciding, that he needs to ban TikTok in the States. I mean, that in itself is just a glorious sort of IT kerfuffle that I know that he doesn't know. He doesn't even understand the words tick or talk <laughs> when he's using them in that context. My my favourite big IT story at the moment is Facebook sort of threatening to pull out of the EU, oh. and, and like I, would, I reckon there would be plenty of people in the EU going, "Oh, could you please?" Yeah, that's right. That 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 the door hit that, on the way. That'd out. be great. Yeah, uh, you know, and you watch the people, sales of VPNs go through the roof. <laughs> people would be grumpy for a while, but I think a lot of people would just move on. Like, yep. you know, everyone get on know. with life. Yeah. Oh, well, to, to follow that line, mate, the, the, the big tech story that I'm following at the moment and not understanding it fully well, let me tell you, is the media ACMA um, calling for calling the government to say that Facebook and, and YouTube, sorry, Facebook and Google need to effectively share the wealth a little bit better because there's all these news organisations who are pumping their content out on there but not getting the money that, you know, Google and Facebook are making out of advertising in it. Yeah. And then... That, that's Google not going to work. Google and Facebook <laughs> going, well, I guess we just won't do it then. They, they, Spain tried this oh, five years ago. Mm. And a, again, at the behest of the media organisations in their own country. Uh, and Google and Facebook just went, fine. Like, we'll ban all links to Spanish news sites. Well, and this is they, ostensibly it. And they did, and and you know what happened? Uh, within about uh, six months, or maybe even less, the Spanish news sites were begging yes. Google and Facebook to uh, to start allowing them to link again. Because what happened? Their traffic, like numbers, plummeted. Floor. Because you know they they all of their traffic comes from Facebook and Google. Like, yeah. like it's it's not like Google and Facebook are rehosting the data or anything like that. They're just like providing a link in a summary. No, that's it. Uh, uh, like that's that's how the internet works. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, 
Um, uh, I, I, as much as I dislike the evil tech behemoths that uh, run so much of our lives, uh, in this instance, I don't think they're going to be particularly perturbed by uh, this. And I reckon they would... I'm always worried about stuff like this with like global companies. I reckon mm. Australia is a big enough um, customer base that they like having them, but We're a it's great also, but it, yeah, and it's but it's also not so big that they wouldn't happily burn it just to make yep. a point. Oh, mate, the, the, <laughs> the response from Google in the first instance was, "Dear Australia, sucks to be you that YouTube's going to get shitty." And everyone went yeah. like, "What?" Like it was it was a dick move. But honestly, and look, all of the parties are starting to talk and they're trying to work it out and all of those sorts of things. Um, it, it is a challenge because here's the problem. While while the media networks may say, oh, but these guys are the big players and you have to deal with them because it's a free market and no one has to deal with them. Oh, but you have to deal with them. Otherwise, no one you know sees your stuff and all of those sorts of things. Well, you guys kind of not only let them, you helped make that happen. Like all you, all of you media companies pouring your stuff into there and setting up social media units and building strategies around how to yep. manipulate and, and do it. You guys helped make that be a thing. And and, and let let's be blunt, the, the the media companies that were the former you know industry titans, it like it, it was never about selling content for them. It was purely mm. about selling advertising. And the reason that they're screaming is that the advertisers have decided that Google and Facebook is better bang for their buck. Yep. And so they are abandoning television, radio, and print. Now, that that's really, really uh, sad from the perspective of news gathering, especially, mm-hmm. because we're it's in a expensive. pretty... expensive. It is, and we're in a pretty perilous time at the moment in the way that that sort of is yep. um, affecting... Oh, God, there's just no sense of truth in the world at the moment in a lot of ways. Uh and so all of this isn't helping. But th- these are organizations that just, you know, collected uh, an unearned rent for decades and decades and decades, now crying poor. And it's like, it's it's kind of hard to have a lot of sympathy for you because, you know, smart people told you that this was coming and, and like, you all ignored them. Like, yeah. like, why, uh, like, like, why does Gumtree exist in a country that once had the Sydney Morning Herald classifieds, mm-hmm. you know, like that's just the the stu- like that's their own stupidity. I mean, well, and, and you can get even more explicit than that. Like Fairfax was actually offered a stake in Seek when they were set up, mm-hmm. and they, you know, they weren't interested. And of course, Seek just came in and cut their lunch. One hundred percent. You know, like yeah, it's. I, again, I don't have a solution for this one either, Steve. No. And the challenge is that while they are complicit in making it a beast, they now have to deal with the aftermath of it, and the aftermath is that it is diabolical for them. If if the government and Facebook and the media companies can't sit down and iron this out, then, I mean, Facebook hold all the cards. You know, it, it, it will be... The government have to look at this and go, well, what 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 are... Let's be conservative, right? The 15 million people in Australia that are on Facebook, what are they going to say come the next election if we allowed Facebook to go, well, sorry, Australia, we're just not going to work there anymore? Yeah, that's a pretty, that's a pretty compelling... I, you know what? 
because I hate Facebook so much. <laughs> because I just feel that our lives would be like immeasurably better if they did go away tomorrow. Like yep. not just in Australia, but everywhere. everywhere. Yep. I, I I actually haven't even considered the you know the way that normal people would react. But you're right; they probably would be quite negative about it. There would be all sorts of craziness in it. But and look, it, it's not. That's not where they've headed yet. Where it's landing so far is Facebook just going, well, what we'll do in their latest terms of service with the update to whatever the app was the other day, or they've just updated it. Hey, everyone, have you seen our new terms of service? What they basically said was that we will not share data um, or prioritise data that we think... Basically, the the underscore of it was that if we think it's sharing a news item that can't be verified. Hmm. So, sorry, Channel 9, Channel 7, ABC, SBS, and 10. Um, we're not going to share any of your stuff. Because we don't think your stuff can be verified and we're not going to allow people to see it. You can post it. It just won't appear in their feeds. Yeah, it's Crazy. kind of... Uh, it's... Uh, yeah. We need to stop going down this rat hole because... Yeah. Otherwise, we, I'm gonna have to pull out my um, my energy equalizer and, and and fire it up, and it's just on the far side of the room. I can't quite get to it, and so I, I just, this is what just, happens when we don't talk for eighteen months, Dave. <laughs> I know so so many, so many good references that we just lost. They're lost to time. Oh, oh, oh so my gosh! Know. All right. Let's talk again in a week or two, shall we? Oh, I hope so, Dave. I can't. Yeah. I can't hold it all in. <laughs> all right, I'll see you. I, I promise I will call you a bit sooner than last time I called you. Right, thank you. I love you, Steve. I love you too, Dave. Bye. Bye. <laughs>